Hello, world, and welcome to Field Talks episode 33. I'm super amped as you get this podcast going here. Really quickly, I'm going to give you a throwdown of Fuelixer. If you head over to Fuelixer.com, the first statement you're going to see are the words, we deliver power. We deliver power in three forms. Really simple. Sports nutrition, education, and interactive experiences. All right, so at Fuelixer, we strive to provide knowledge that you can act on. And one of the methods that we use to discover knowledge is by meeting and chatting with outstanding humans. And today is nothing shy of that. We love meeting and shining light on individuals who are paving their own path in life. These individuals welcome physical and mental challenges on a day-to-day basis. You see, life, it's not about making it to the top of the podium or getting a PR, you know, it's not about getting to the top of the mountain. It's actually about the units of failures and successes that we experience throughout the journey to the top or the bottom. doesn't matter where we land. So personally, I long for the discovery of gold hidden in the stories shared by pro athletes, trainers, nutritionists, weekend warriors, and entrepreneurs. This is Fuel Talk. On episode 33, we welcome Manu Edekara. Manu is a co-founder of AdCat. It's an automating social media ad creation tool. He is also a fitness fanatic and self-improvement nut. And if you ever get to meet him face-to-face, well, you'll get a little taste of that today. He has a strong background in gymnastics, martial arts, yoga, and Manu used to run his own personal training venture in college. He worked as an EMT and research assistant at the Exercise Physiology Lab, originally planning on being a physical therapist before catching the entrepreneur bug. He spends a lot of time learning from experts in the field of exercise science, from professional bodybuilders to sports nutritionists. Let's hear what we unlock today. Manu, today's podcast is about your story and a lot more than that. Welcome to the show, Manu. Pablo, great to be here. Thanks a lot for having me on the show, my man. Beautiful. So what we want to learn a little bit about you today is, you know, your intrinsic motivator, your approach to nutrition and strength training regimen. Um, let's get started with your story. So go far as back as you could remember. Let's go. Hit me. <laughs> so as far back as I can remember, I don't really remember the day I was born, but people oh, tell me man, I was born in San on. Francisco. I wanted that. I wanted that. <laughs> but I was told I was born in San Francisco. Uh, I was raised in Cali. I was a Cali boy. Um, my dad would run kind of small businesses, and we ended up in Illinois with another one small business. Um, throughout my youth, I was pretty into just hanging out by myself. I did a lot of art, you know, origami. I, I liked exercise. I, my dad taught me some martial arts. I did yoga. Um, I was always really active, and I was always moving. I think I went to 14 different schools. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So it was actually a blessing in disguise because I was always the new kid at lunch. So you either had to, like, make friends really quickly or eat alone at lunch. So it, it gave me, like, a lot of comfortability with talking to people. Um, <clears throat> then I came to Illinois. 
I went to school at Urbana-Champaign. Woohoo! And I, yeah, I was on, I was on the path to you know entering the healthcare field. I was an EMT. You know, you gave me a great bio. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, and then I think just being around in a college that is renowned for its entrepreneurial like pursuits, like that really motivated me. Like what really motivated me was not necessarily the people I read about, but my peers. And I had several peers who were doing all kinds of entrepreneurial things from, you know, a t-shirt business to a full-fledged technology company. And that really spoke to me. And after I graduated, I decided not to pursue the healthcare route. Uh, I think I learned what I wanted to. Like, I, I'm an EMT, so, like, I want to be able to help people if there's a need. I'm a personal trainer. Like, I can train myself and others if I need to. But more than that, like, I really wanted to start a business. So... America, like, it's interesting because the pace of life here is really fast, oh, and yeah. everyone's plugged in. Um, I know we've talked about this a little bit in the past, so I wanted to escape that, actually, and I just took, like, a soul journey around the world. I went to Kuwait, India, Germany, Mexico, and, yeah, just, it was really nice not talking English, not being plugged in, and just reading and thinking about what I wanted to do after I graduated, and I thought about it, and the, I guess... The epiphany was, as like a healthcare specialist, I could help one person at a time. Let's say I was an EMT in an ambulance, um, but with technology, I could impact multiple people at the same time. Um, and speaking about entrepreneurship, one of the easiest ways to get into that is technology. So that's kind of like where I diverted, and I was lucky enough to have like a really good network of people that kind of jump-started my foray into this field. And that's where I am right now, kind of running AdCat with my good buddies. AdCat. Yeah. I like that, man. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. So you're based out of Chicago, right? Yeah. So or, or I, I'm what you are call you it digital. Like, you're digital? Yeah. You're, you're, so you're plugged in right now. You're plugged into the Matrix. I'm plugged in. I'm a digital nomad. Wherever I so can you're, work, that's where I work. Yeah. So you're based on nodes and you're, you're just everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I love that. Let's take it back a little bit because you, you, you mentioned um, some really interesting uh, points there that I would love to dig into. For example, the traveling part, um, at least for me, from my perspective, man, uh, you know, nothing wrong with the educational system, uh, the traditional one, meaning grade school, high school, college, post-grad and all that. But traveling to me is one of the most um, impactful you know, things that any human being could, could go through. Um, it really just optimizes every single sense that we have. Um, so we learn a lot from that. Uh, in your travels, what's the one thing, the one takeaway that is more, most important to you today? Oh, that's a great question. I think the most important thing I encountered on my travels was, I guess this, this is kind of like a bigger topic, but pace yeah. of life. Uh -huh. um, I think I touched on it briefly, like as Americans. What, what, like, what was interesting, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but what was, what no, was interesting ahead. is you, you were saying that, you know, you, you, you wanted to um, unplug, right? And because and, and you, you were plugged in like you are right now. But yeah. would you say that 
traveling and having this time to yourself and, you know, being away from everything here in the States that you were able to plug within? Oh, absolutely. That's, uh, that's fantastic. Um, so when I was in India, actually, I got to escape to a Buddhist monastery and a tiger preserve and kind of an elephant sanctuary, really serene out in kind of the jungle. And yeah, there's, I didn't have a cell phone, I didn't have a laptop, no one spoke English, and I just had a couple books and like nature right next to me. And the pace of life there with the uh, villagers, like it is very different than kind of what I've been doing for the last four years, which is, you know, I wake up really early in the morning, go to the gym, go to work, go to class. Um, you know, it's, it's crazy how that's the life for most Americans. And yeah, the cool thing about unplugging from all of that is that you get like this unparalleled sense of clarity and that's really important for when you want to think. It's very meditative, if you will. So that really helped me kind of think about the path I really want to take in my life. Yeah, and this is completely, you know, in parallel to, to performance sports, mm-hmm. to training, because, you know, I mean, some, some, some of our audience might be thinking, like, why are they talking about traveling right now? But... It, you know, we're we're not we're talking about the byproduct of traveling, which is again plugging within. And once you come to the reality of like, oh, I'm aware of who I am, and I'm aware of I like these things. I'm aware of I don't like these things. You can actually take that mentality um, and implement it into different aspects of your training. Um, so when you came back from the states, um, did you like? hit the trading uh, a lot harder because of your zen state of mind? Um, like, did I push myself harder? Like, yeah, in exercise? I mean, were, did you yeah. come back, you know, after, after recovering, basically, you know, mm-hmm. uh, did you come back with a ton more of, of, uh, of motivation? Yeah, so it's interesting. Um, you mentioned, like, you plug within, right? So when you, when you kind of look inside and you're introspective, you get to really realize what's important to you, you know, whether it be family, health, uh, career. And one of the things that was really pertinent to me, especially, you know, this is kind of a tumultuous time when I'm really thinking about what to do with my career, um, was exercise and staying healthy. That was like kind of my catharsis. So if anything, my training sessions got more intense and more focused because I realized that was something I want to do for the rest of my life, and it helped uh, burn off a lot of steam as well. Mm-hmm. What What is it about your physical state that attracts you so much? Like you're you're very passionate about being healthy, and you know, not not just for aesthetics, but you know, I've, I've talked to you, I've had a lot of candid conversations, and you're just extremely passionate about and very detailed. Uh, analytical about your training and you know getting the, the the muscle mass you want to gain or you know tell me a little bit more about that sure so I think a lot of people work out for aesthetic purposes and sure I was part of that group as well I still am but I think for me personally it's not a big enough reason to continue doing it every day, to continue doing it, you know, maybe first thing in the morning, maybe late at night when I'm tired. It's 
it's definitely, uh, you, might, you might know this actually, there's like this, there's a cycling team, I, I think it was Britain, and the coach, he was hired to train them and help them win the Tour de France, I believe. Okay. And uh, he applied something called the law of marginal gains, basically. And he right. sought to improve uh, things by 1% in everything, like, you know, uh, their sleep by 1%, their performance wear by 1%, their diet by 1%. And all of a sudden, the aggregation of all those marginal gains helped them win it in like half the time it was predicted. So taking the same principle to exercise, it's life is all about continuous improvement for me. So one workout is not going to change or break me. But the aggregation of all those exercises, you know, it's not just physical. Like, when you go in when you don't want to go in and you still do what you need to do, that's building mental toughness. And if you make something, like, challenging, like, like let's say you have a crazy session of squats early, first thing in the morning, that's brutal. And that's how you start your Monday? Then come on. Like, you head to the office, you're pumped. Like, you're ready to take on the challenges of the day. So... That's where I really find the importance of strenuous exercise. In fact, I'm sure you know this, like almost every Fortune 500 CEO exercises um, or was a college athlete. It's just tied into success. You need to be fit. It's better blood flow, better, you know, you got endorphins and you're just ready to take on the world. And that's kind of the mentality I go in with when I go into the gym. Okay. Uh, yes, you, you, you were quoting uh, Dave Brailsford. Uh, who was Great Britain's yeah. professional cycling team's coach. Yeah, he's also the, the manager and performance director for Team Sky. This is like back in 2010. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his whole thing, yeah, was aggregation of marginal gains. Um, and you explained it correctly. So, and, and this was an aspect that was used in cycling. How did you come about this information? Oh, like, I, I'm, you, you I'm obsessed with just reading about any ways to improve myself. And, you know, okay. the, the cool thing is, I, you know, back going back to traveling real quick. Yeah. The cool thing about traveling is you're putting yourself in different environments and you're getting exposed to different people. And I think yeah. that's hands down the best way to learn because you you can read a lot, you can try a lot, but if you learn from experts in different fields just like mm-hmm. by talking to them, that's like years of knowledge you get through conversation and just kind of learning. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I came across it. Okay, perfect. So one of those um, let's. Uh, uh, you know, if we're talking about um, marginal gains, I know you mentioned a few uh, aspects of that, which are sleep, for example. So, how do you how do you observe your sleeping patterns? Sure, great what question. do you do? Um, so, I'm I'm pretty rigorous with my sleep schedule. I I just follow kind of the basic REM recommendations. So, I clock in like 90 minute intervals, basically. And I allow 14 minutes for myself to fall asleep. There's like simple apps like I think sleepytie.me. And yeah, just based on like how much time I have. So like usually it's roughly around 6 hours and 45 minutes. Um, But it can like decrease or increase, you know, like in college when I was taking finals, it might have been only two REM cycles, roughly, again. Um, But that's what's worked really well for me. Oh, wow. That's, I like that. So yeah. explain explain to me um, the intervals interval part. Sure. So I believe sleep cycles. There's four cycles, and the first three are kind of lighter sleep, and the, the fourth one is REM sleep, which is rapid eye movement. And uh-huh. basically, that's the deepest phase of sleep. It's when you dream, 
you know, that's when most of your muscle recovery happens. And so the whole process, roughly, again, we don't know that much about sleep. It takes about 90 minutes. Um, so when I'm in like a crunch, especially, like I just kind of break it up to 90 minutes. So like, let's say, you know, 90 minutes, it's an hour and a half. Like if I only have like a couple hours, I might only do two of those cycles. That's three hours and just wake up, you know, and go to my final or whatever. Um, what I found more, more important than the actual clocking of the cycles uh-huh. is having a sleep routine. A lot of people have a morning routine. I have a sleep routine, which is, oh, you know, I like no, that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, explain it. What's your, what's your routine? So there's a couple things. On, on, on my computer and my Android, I kind of have the flux system set up. Right. So kind of like uh, adjust lighting according to the time of day. Yeah, and, I love that. Um, yeah, me too. I, uh, I used to drink like a big glass of milk <laughs> before I go uh, to sleep. Uh-huh. Um, but like usually, a baby cow? Like a baby calf? <laughs> a ba- baby calf, man, but it grows into okay. a big bull one day, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's what they say, supposedly. I don't know. <laughs> we, have to, we have to check the research on that. Um, but what, what I do is kind of I just turn off electronics. And uh-huh. I, I keep the bed for sleeping. You know, I don't do work on the bed. And okay. I, I read, I meditate, and um, I write in my journal, and then I go to bed. Do you use a pencil or pen for your journal? Pencil. Pencil, Pencil. yeah. You got to do the pencil. Right, I, yeah, I mean, it's whatever I have, you know. It's tough yeah. to get writing utensils nowadays. <laughs> hey, it's it's a luxury. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So sleep is one aspect. What would you say is another aspect that you observe for your marginal um, aggregation? Sure. Uh, positivity. I think okay. you can go into exercise and diet and stuff, but something that people don't really touch upon is your mood, and it's really easy today. There's a lot of pressure on young people to do a lot, um, especially if you come from an Asian American background, there's a lot of pressure to be a doctor or this or that, you need to, you know, and that's a lot of stress, and there's, there can be stress from all kinds of stuff, you know, relationships, um, anything can be stressful, Yeah. so a, a very important component of health is just mood and whether you see the world half empty or half full. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest parts that's been helpful to me, especially in a lot of troubling times. Um, it's just kind of seeing the positivity, seeing the lights. Um, especially like going through an entrepreneur route, like it's a roller coaster. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because um, I'm sure you can attest. And yeah, at the end of the day, you got to be like, oh, you know, like I'm not dead, you know. <laughs> but how do you, but, how do you get, how do you get yourself out of the gutter? You know, because, I mean, there are impactful events in our lives uh, or, or throughout this year. You know, we're coming up to a New Year's in this 2016. You know what? Here's a question for you. What, what was the biggest failure of 2016? What was your biggest failure? <clears throat> I think my biggest failure... Yeah, because it's it's a good it's good thing to think about your failures because out of your failures, you know we all have them. You have obviously completely gotten yourself out of that and turned it into something positive, like we're talking about now. So what was what was it? Sure. Um, so it's it's difficult to say. Like you said, I I think. There's a great quote about an overnight success being just like thousands of failures, right? Uh-huh. So I've kind yeah. of jumped from failure to failure. 
But when you really ask that question and when I really think about it, I mean, there's several answers. I'm sure you know some of them. But I think the biggest thing is uh, not jumping on the gun earlier. Like, we've worked so hard this year, but when I think about all that we've done, like, I, it should have been done earlier, honestly. And I think that's, uh, I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty, but everything that you do, like, here, let's just put it this way. Like, I'm doing a lot of things right now, and you asked me, like, you know, I, about how I traveled and I got clarity and I thought about what I wanted to do. Yeah. It's still easy to kind of, like, fall into a rut when you start working and, you know, you might watch TV, you might hang out with people that might not have the same goals, and it's easy to lose focus. And I think the biggest failure of 2016 is not operating with, like, an insane amount of urgency on whatever goals I have had um, because time is the most valuable currency. So I would say, like, the biggest failure would be not acting sooner. And with That's that killer dope, because, mindset. Because looking at our failures, okay, um, it, it, we're, we're able to transform that into your biggest strength. Because look at how, you know, what I mean, your approach to upcoming activities and things that you have to do in your life, I mean, you're going to take it from a different angle, right? I mean, we're talking about experience here. So that's awesome. Um, and, and throughout these daily failures, though, uh, like, for example, this morning, I didn't get good sleep last night. So I went to the gym today, and I was, you know, trying to get through a, a three AMRAPs, and I couldn't even get through one and a half, you know? <laughs> and it was all because of that sleep. So today, that was my failure. You know, I didn't. I didn't focus on my sleep last night, and that carried on to today, okay? So I could either replicate the same thing tonight, not, not observe it, not be aware of it, and then tomorrow is going to be the same thing. Or I can say, hey, Pablo, you effed up today, you know, get some sleep tonight, get some rest, and tomorrow just go out there and kill it, right? Um, so do you think for you, just being aware of your surroundings and your environment, whether it's positive or negative, um, is it is an advantage for you to grow as a human, as a person? Totally. Um, you always got to be aware of your surroundings. Um, just real quick on failure, though, especially in fitness and business, it's a very common thing. I think a lot of people are afraid to fail. Uh, yeah. Failure is okay. Failure, again, is the recipe of success. If you quit, however... That's when it becomes a problem. Um, so yeah, like in business, like there could be a bunch of failures, like customer support, you know, team issues, like design. In fitness, like I might, like you said, I might fail on a rep. You know, I might not give it my all one day when I'm not feeling it. But again, you know, people ask me a lot of the times, like, what is the recipe for like getting in shape or how do you start a business? And there's really one answer: it's consistency. You just you can't quit. That's when it becomes like a you know, that's when it's not okay. Failure is okay, but quitting is not. So you just got to keep going, like you said. Um, and the environment, yeah, definitely. Environment plays a huge role. Like, you should always, always seek to be uncomfortable. I think one cool thing that I'd like to share from that one year I took off when I was traveling and stuff, <clears throat> before I left, I, uh, I was working as an EMT, and... I was also taking jiu-jitsu class, okay? Yeah. And I do have a background in martial arts, just not jiu-jitsu. <laughs> and the first day I came, 
I got paired with the black belt, and he was an ex-marine, and he did not Perfect. take it easy on me. And I learned really quickly how to fall, and it was uncomfortable, but I'd kept coming week after week. And I asked myself, why do I do this? It's like, oh, I'm getting better. Like, it's just self-improvement across everything. Um, yeah. Being an EMT, I think my first day shadowing on the job, like, I had, like, a knife incident, like, you know, crazy bleeds, and, you know, you just get thrown right into the heat. And that's the best way to learn is, like, you know, go into, like, a high-pressure environment, and that really forces you. You know, there's, there's a great... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm going off on a tangent. There's a great quote, I think, about the work week. And we might have talked about this when we went to um, Zappos. Uh, it's about, like, the work week being halved some, to 20 hours. Right. That would force people to be more productive because they'd cut out the superfluous stuff that they do, you know? And yeah. just focus on the actual actionable items. And the same thing goes with everything else. Like, if it's high pressure, if it's a challenging environment then yeah, you're going to have to grow. And I'm all about growth. Love it. I love it. So some of the other components, the marginal gains, you touched on it with nutrition. What's your approach to nutrition in general? <laughs> I, know, so, I know nutrition is such a massive subject and like everyone's so opinionated about it and everyone has the secret sauce. You know, everyone's yes. right. What, what's, your, what's your general approach to it? Sure. I, I follow a very simple... I-I-F-Y-M, if it fits your macros approach. Um, I'm not crazy about it, like, as far as, like, eating what, Where a is lot that? Of, Hold on. I'm sorry, but where sure. is that approach from? Where does that come from? Who came up with that? Uh, I'm not entirely sure who exactly came up with it, um, but it's used by a lot of physique athletes. Okay. Um, it's usually used for physique manipulation. Um, and... I roughly follow it. I, I usually kind of use something called intuitive eating. Um, there's been some studies on it. It's kind of eating when you want to, eating what you want to. But let's say, like, I feel a little fluffy. I feel a little out of shape. I need some energy. Then I'll definitely watch what I eat. I log everything into my fitness pal, and I kind of track it by week, not day by day, by week, seeing my weekly average. Um, but, yeah, I, I usually eat pretty well. I think a lot of people might see me like eat a donut or, you know, a whole pizza one night and they'll be like, wow, how is he still in shape? But it's really like kind of what I do throughout the day. Like I cook, I don't eat out. I have like a really big smoothie with a lot of good stuff in it. <laughs> um, yeah, and simple stuff like a peanut butter sandwich, fruits, vegetables, uh, meats, and yeah, pretty pretty clean I'd say for the most part are you a big protein guy uh let's put it this way I like to grill <laughs> uh I'm not a huge fan of supplements but I do take whey protein um but I do take enough protein because I feel like my exercise regimen requires it mm. okay I mean I I your approach is is you know, I can respect it, especially the the fact. Uh, how did you describe it? Um, intuitive approach. Um, yeah. But you know, I I guess you know you 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 become intuitive after a certain amount of time and really understanding 
how you feel, right? I mean, you, you really have to be able to experiment with eating and exercising and being aware of how you're feeling throughout, like before, during, and after those things, you know? Totally. So you, so you know if you eat an apple, how that's going to make you feel in your training or whatever. Um, so that's, I mean, that's, hey, you know, I, it's... It, I like it because you're not saying, hey, if you take 50 grams, you know, divide your kilos uh, and then take the square root of that number um, and then you'll, you'll come up with the magic thing. <laughs> yeah, sure. I like sure. it, man. You know, it's, I mean, it's good. I mean, to, there's – go ahead. Oh, so just, just to be completely uh, transparent, I do have like certain guidelines. Um, okay. But here's the thing about guidelines, like they differ from individual to individual. Like yeah. my metabolism and my activity level might be different than the textbook requirements for, you know, like what you said, you know, uh, a gram of uh, protein, you know, per pound of body weight or, you know, whatever. So it really depends. And you, like you said, you need to kind of tweak it to yourself. Um, I don't just weightlift. I have a lot of other activities like martial arts and gymnastics. You know, how do I factor that in, that activity level, that kind of activity with the kind of nutrition that I need? Um, I think nutrition is very important, though, and you definitely got to play around with it. I think one of the biggest takeaways for me personally is I don't really drink my calories. I drink water, and that really helps me, and I drink a lot of water. But like you said, like intuitive eating, it's after years of kind of practicing a lot of the guidelines, and it's not like I need anyone to tell me like I should have some carbohydrates before I work out or yeah. I should base like a big meal afterwards you know it's just kind of it's easier for me I can kind of eyeball another thing is I can kind of eyeball food portion sizes and that helps me so I don't need to weigh it on my scale anymore right um, right yeah I think I used a scale for like a couple of weeks and then I was like this is insane I you know I remember how much it looks like <laughs> Right. You know what I mean? Like one or two grams or whatever, or a decimal of a gram is not going to like, it's not going to kill you. Right. Um, and it goes back to the original point about what's the number one fitness tip. It's consistency, whatever helps you live that lifestyle. Right. And I don't, right. You know. Yeah. I mean, being it has able its to, place, though. it does, it does. Believe me, it does. But we're, 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 you know, we're, we're just normal guys. I mean, you know, compared to, you know, uh, the, the U.S., cycling you know olympic team um right right like, you know we, don't, we don't have wrong. we don't have doctors around us we don't have scientists around us every day you know to take our blood <laughs> and, and do measurements and you know that's that's a different level you know you want to have those conversations um then back it up with a, with a good staff you know <laughs> right and um, um hey don't get me wrong i i'd definitely be really stringent i i, I consider myself fairly stringent um, but if I, if and when I compete, I will definitely be super anal about it. Yeah. Um, but I, mean, I don't think it's sustainable. Yeah, there's definitely enough data that you can get from yourself um, to make sense of what you should do, right, mm -hmm. for, for specific um, training regimens. Like, for example, for you, um, it, describe, you know, your workout for tomorrow, for example. What do you sure. have on the, on, on the schedule for tomorrow? Sure. So I've been really caveman with my weightlifting. It's just uh -huh. the, the big the big compound lifts. So tomorrow it's squats, bench, bent over rows, and then those are the main compound lifts. So I'll go heavy on those. 
relatively. And then I followed it up with kind of some accessory work. So, you know, maybe some goblet squats to work on my posture for squats and cable crossovers, push-ups. I really like push-ups because you can really use your serratus and dips and maybe some curls. I'm not really a big arm guy, but that's kind of the split for tomorrow. Okay, so then how would you prepare your nutrition for tomorrow? Do you have something stuff in mind or you just kind of wing it? Oh, so another thing, I'm really caveman with my nutrition too. I kind of eat the same thing every day. <laughs> oh, I like that. You're very um, simple. That's good. Yeah, as long as it tastes good. Um, so the, what I usually do is I have a bunch of eggs in the morning, maybe five, six eggs. Um, and then I have a smoothie. I pack it. And it's like a monster smoothie. It has oatmeal, whey, honey, cinnamon, banana, fruits, you know, whatever I'm feeling, some vegetables. Um, and then I'll pack sandwiches, so peanut butter sandwiches, and kind of, depending on what the meat is for the week. So it could be canned tuna, it could be chicken breast, it can be beef, whatever. You know, that's you got to, like, kind of rotate meats, rotate fruits so stuff doesn't get boring. Yeah. And I have rice cakes, bagels, like I'm having a lot of carbs right now. Um, but yeah, it's kind of the same thing every day, usually. Dinner might be a little different if I want to cook some tilapia or grill something, but usually things that can be transported. Okay. I'm always why, on the why are you having a lot of carbs now? Um, I guess I'm trying to gain some size. <laughs> okay. And my activity level is really high too. Yeah, so where are you getting your carbs from? Uh, fruits, a lot of rice. I live in an Asian household, so there's a lot of rice, um, and vegetables, but that's minor, right? So, mostly fruits and rice. Nice. nice. I will you confess, take... yeah. I, I do have Pop-Tarts, usually post-workout, um, and bagels and rice cakes. Do you, uh, do you check the, like the glycemic index of any of uh, your foods? Totally, and that's kind of what I base the timing of them. Okay. You know? So you'd obviously want something faster around your workouts and something slower um, throughout the rest of the day. And that's what and I for, try to adhere to. For example, with vegetables, do you take into consideration um, how you actually prepare the vegetables, like how you consume them, or do you eat them raw, or do you cook them? Because, you know, after different chemical reactions, the GI changes. Totally, that's a great point. I actually, vegetables are the one thing I don't count in my macros at all. Okay. Um, I don't track my vegetables. I just try to eat as much as possible. Um, uh-huh. And I don't, I don't track them, and it's, it's, it's a variety. It's either uncooked or cooked. Um, I usually boil them, but other than that, or I blend them. But other than that, yeah, I don't, I don't really track them because I don't think I get enough. So I just try to eat as much as possible. Cool. All right. Let's get into a little bit about because um, I, I heard in there, you know, you you like the physique um, aspect of of um, training. You know, why you train. So do you are you doing any competitions in the future? Do you have anything coming up, or what are you going to get into? What are you going to do with all this muscle you got on, man? <laughs> So, uh, our mutual friend Kaz, he's shown some interest in kind of helping me out with nutrition. Um, uh-huh. And I got a good buddy, his name's Marco. He's been kind of looking over my strength and conditioning. 
And yeah, it's really cool because, you know, I'm a personal trainer, but these guys are both experts in their fields. And yeah, they've touched on physique a lot. A lot of people have told me about competing in uh, men's physique natural. Um, I personally have had not much interest in it because it's really interesting. I think society is changing to where a lot more men have body dysmorphia, like body image issues. I'm one of them. And I think this would kind of exacerbate that. However, I do believe if I focus, I could uh, do well in a competition. And it would be cool. It would be kind of those putting yourself in uncomfortable situations, right? So I would say if there is a year, it would be 2017. Um, and I'll keep you posted on that, of course. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, but when are you going to actually commit? I mean, are, are you committed now? Or, you, I mean, is this just something that you're thinking about? It's going to happen. Uh, so you've committed. It really depends on, the, yeah, but 20, remember, 2016 is ending. I got a couple more goals to knock out. New like Year's what? Eve. What, what are you going to do? Oh, so. What do you got coming? My, sure. So the biggest thing is obviously AdCat. Um, uh -huh. Business comes first, and yeah, okay, that's uh, B business before health. I think both of them are tied together. So when I say business, uh -huh. like there's that quote by Jay Z: "I'm not a business, comma, or no, I'm not a businessman. I'm comma, I'm a business." So okay. when you when you enter certain lines of work, like let's say medicine, or you go into the military, or you go into entrepreneurship, there's no like this is career and this is not. It's just all becomes tied in. And so with business, like part of business is being in good health. Um, because if you don't take care of your health, then you're putting your business in jeopardy, um, if that makes sense. Right. So I, I see them intertwined. Yeah, 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 for <laughs> so, sure. Um, um, but yeah, so obviously that. Um, I do want to spend some time with my family. I've been away for a while, so the holidays are coming up. And I'd say another big goal of mine is really uh, figure out my social media strategy. I, I'm usually on the go. I don't get to spend that much time with people I like, like yourself. And I think social media is really cool in a way that you can share what you're doing with people that are like-minded. And yeah, I would really like to grow on that, those platforms. Or at least have a strategy to grow on those platforms. Cool, man. So cool. So tell me a little bit. How's uh, how's AdCat doing? What are you guys up to? AdCat is doing well, man. Like, first of all, the team is solid. Like, I don't think we could have gone through everything that we've gone through if the team really didn't believe in each other. And I think that's the biggest asset to a startup. Um, as far as what we're working on now, we're working on kind of automating the entire design process. So what AdCat does is to those of you, when you scroll through Facebook or Instagram or Pinterest, all social media ad platforms, they have ads. And all the ads on each platform are different sizes and different specifications. So it's a huge hassle for someone running an ad campaign on multiple platforms to resize each image. And now let's talk about an agency that might be working with hundreds of businesses that are running ads through all their platforms all of a sudden, there's thousands of images to resize perfectly to put into their ads. With AdCat, we're working on automating that entire process. Um, so it's really cool. It's a time saver. As far as how it's going, 
Um, you know, we're relatively new. We kind of built and designed in September, launched in October, and it's November now. So the main focus right now is finding uh, customers, finding people who find it useful. So a lot of our time is spent on having conversations with agencies and businesses that actually save time and money with this solution. So it's yeah. really exciting. That's cool, man. Are these people that you're talking to, um, I can only assume they might be, you know, millennials or the generation prior to that. Um, do you find that they're keeping active, that they're healthy people, or they're kind of just like, you know, techies with a hunchback and just not getting out and getting any vitamin D? Oh, as far as the actual yeah, the people that you're we're talking chatting to. with, yeah, yeah, in our space, you know, in the in the tech space, like, what are you what are you finding out there? Because I I mean I don't know. I see a mix, and I also see a lot of people just wearing Adidas and Nike tennis shoes because it's cool, but they're not really <laughs> doing anything, you know, they're really not. So, um, what what do you what do you you know what are you encountering out there? Sure, I can't speak specifically for AdCab because most of them are virtual conversations. Okay. However, when I was on the West Coast at Facebook, uh, like you said, there were a lot of ladies wearing Nike. Um, there's a lot of people kind of wearing athletic apparel. But well, I, 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 I didn't say ladies. I didn't say ladies. I said like just people in general, you know, just wearing tennis shoes and like active shoes. Like everyone's wearing active shoes, but they're not active. That's my point. Sure. <laughs> oh, totally. Um, actually, to, to, sorry, I, I didn't. I didn't specify. When I was on the West Coast, it's kind of like a thing, like yeah. to wear a dress and like kind of sports shoes with it. Right, um, right, right. To work. Um, that's what I was kind of getting to. Okay, but okay. As as far as actual exercise and the weather is great there too. Um, in tech, it really depends. Like, um, it really depends on kind of what people are into. I think a lot of people are into the idea of exercise. I have a lot of buddies in software. Um, and technology, a lot of people are into the idea, but I just think a lot of people who got into those fields during undergrad, they pursued something that didn't allow them the freedom to actually exercise, you know, whether it be engineering or what have you. And it's really interesting that you point that out because like even people in medical school and PT school that I know, they struggle with staying healthy because they're so busy and swamped. Yeah. So to, to answer your question, I, I think it really depends on the person because a lot of people actually post-college, they get into a routine, they work really hard, and then the weekends they binge drink. So it's really like, I don't think you can kind of demographically like see like which people. It really depends on the mindset of the people, like if, if fitness was important to them before. Um, but yeah, I'd say, yeah, it's, I don't know. <laughs> there's people here and there, and there's people that are not into it either. Stuff. Yeah, no, it's it, it's it's interesting to point out because especially for someone like you who is saying that you know my my health and my fitness goals are intertwined with my fit with my business and entrepreneurship goals. Well, if you're sitting at a table and you're trying to gain a client or something, um, you know, an important aspect of the sales process is to find something in common with with the other side, you know. Um, find something that is you can commonly you can you, you something passionate that you know drives and for you I mean something passionate is, is health you know and fitness so um, it would be it, it's I don't know it's interesting to to point out 
that you know some companies they actually do have those those fitness people who have those you know are the key holders um so that that's you know, that's that's interesting to kind of to see whether you know you're finding out at least for me uh, you know in the cycling and running space like i love it because everyone i'm everyone i i speak to you know need to speak to whether it's vendors whether it's um even even you know aren't engineers people in sales i mean they're all active you know they're all like if they're not picking up their emails it's because they're outside running or they're cycling you know or they're at a triathlon camp <laughs> you know what i mean so it keeps that that's why this space is very very fast because everyone is fast in their life too uh, they're always moving forward so anyways um sure no um that's, what, a, what a, that's a great point yeah, so um, do you have any, any rituals that you do in training? Sure. Um, rituals as in, like, I drink a lot of water. Uh, are you talking about, like, kind of like a pre-workout, like, doing the LeBron, yeah, like, like the a, chalk? Like a, like a, like a, yeah, you know, you, you just had an L, and now you're going to get a win, right? Mm. <laughs> so so what, are you, what, what are you doing to pump yourself up, man? Oh, so I'm a big believer in lists. I have lists of everything, like people I keep in touch with, books I want to read. I have a list of YouTube videos. It's like all this really uh, pump-up kind of videos. So, like, you know, <laughs> we got, like, James Bond in there, Batman, the 300, like, people working out, like, motivational talks. Um, okay. But, yeah, I usually watch one of those before I go in. Um and I usually just take a minute by myself, you know, and really think about what I want to accomplish in the gym. And it helps me really develop that mind-muscle connection. And that's kind of what I do. But besides, like, my eating habits and whatnot, that's kind of my ritual. Nice, nice. You, you, you drop, foam roll. You drop, you drop some really good uh, keywords. You know, I like that mind-muscle, that mind-muscle connection. That was good. Oh, um, it's, it's imperative. Yeah, yeah, I love I think that. a lot of people just move... A lot of people just move weight from point A to point B, um, and they're wor they're wondering like why they don't feel anything. You know, you really got to focus on what you're training or what the movement is. I think a lot of people are so focused on the end goal they don't think about the process. And I think there's studies that show like for free throws specifically, if a player visualizes the process of setting up for a free throw and actually making it they're more likely to make it than a player who just visualizes making the free throw. So it's all about the process. You gotta enjoy it. I love it, man. So how can people get at you and you know help you grow your social media, uh, follow you, um, and connect <laughs> with you? Sure, people can email me at right? new uh -huh. at adcat, A-D-C-A-T-I-O, dot I-O. Um, I'm mainly on Instagram right now. It's at the underscore manuscript. Um, same thing for YouTube. And yeah, I'm really open to connecting to people that are kind of energetic and passionate. And just real quick about a point you made earlier um, regarding finding commonalities with people. Yeah. Uh, you know, fitness is a big part of my life, but. It's not my life, and I think the biggest thing with connecting with people is you got to be passionate about learning, and that goes back to 
throwing yourself in different environments because you're always learning. So like if you're naturally curious, you'll definitely find something to connect with with people. You know, like where are you from? What do you do? Like there's what do you like to read? There's definitely something every person in this world can give you something that you can take away and grow from. So that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, man, that's that's how you know you avoided eating by yourself at lunch. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, man. I love it. I love it, dude. I love the attitude, love the energy. Um, you know, and, and you have a great outlook on life. So Thanks, man. Yeah, we'll we'll post up your your links on on our page, uh, com, and and yeah, we'll be in touch, man. You know, thanks so much for sharing. Uh, oh yeah, li- before we before we close out, do you have any oh. special shout outs you'd like to make? Um, so this is a big question. Yeah. I think for the people listening, I'm sure some of them will be people that I know personally. And there's a lot of them to list, but basically, ever since college, no man is an island. It takes a village to raise a child. And I would like to say, including you, I really have connected with some of really remarkable individuals. And without them, like, I would not be standing here without, you know, their help when I was struggling, like food, shelter, um, motivation, you know, every, anything I need, my friends will give it to me. I'm really blessed to have the best people in the world with me. And that's what really what life is about. It's about relationships and experiences. So shout out to all my homies. <laughs> all right, man. I'm going to pour one out for them, too, on the side Thank here. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> my man. All right, buddy. Um, so, you, I mean, you know, life was just unlocked by my new. Uh, we had a great time. I'll be posting this up very soon. Thank you guys for tuning in. And remember, everyone listening, you're the reason why we're here. You're the reason why we grow. So share with your friends, your family, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever it is. Keep us out there. Keep us in your thoughts. You're in ours. At Felixer, we deliver power. Thank you, guys. Peace.